Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, we got the NFL schedule. We now know when and where the Titans will be playing all 16 of their regular season games in 2020, and we are going to talk about that on today's show. First, I do want to let you guys know that today's episode of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. I am still enjoying eating their protein and health bars for morning and for a little bit of an after dinner snack. So make sure you use promo code LOCKED ON to get $10 off your first box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. But the schedule is out, and the Titans' schedule is pretty good. Can't complain too much. I don't think they were put in too tough of a spot, but there are definitely some tough stretches that they are going to have to navigate and compensate for, and also there are some really exciting matchups and some really exciting time slots for the Titans on the schedule as well, so we are going to talk about that at the beginning of today's show. We'll just start by going through all of the 17 weeks, talking about each individual matchup, what time it is, where it's going to take place, so you know the entire schedule that the Titans are facing and then we'll talk about some highlights here in the schedule and then we'll move into a conversation where we deep dive a little bit into the schedule and talk about what it means for the Titans, how they're going to have to play the season and where some of the most important pocket of games lie. So we have a lot of schedule talk to jump into at the beginning of our show and is a Friday show. So as we go into the weekend, it is time for another Friday mailbag. And I have a lot of questions from you guys that you have been sending in throughout the week. Remember, you can send your mailbag questions at any time to me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans or Put them in the reviews on Apple Podcast. And speaking of Apple Podcast, make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast there. Or if you're on Spotify, make sure you follow the Locked On Titans podcast or whatever platform you stream, you can find the Locked On Titans podcast. So make sure you are locked in with us here at the Locked On Titans podcast. Next week, we have another division crossover with the AFC North. I have prospect breakdowns coming up in May. We have draft class reviews from John Robinson's tenure, so a lot of good content coming throughout the rest of the offseason leading up to these games that we are going to talk about right now. The Titans will kick off the season on Monday Night Football with the Broncos, and we are going to kick off this schedule release show now. Let's get it. schedule release day is one of the more fun days for fans on the NFL's off-season calendar. It's a great time to actually take a look at how your team's schedule lines up and start the planning of which games to go to, which trips to take. So a very exciting and intriguing day indeed to learn the NFL's full schedule and especially the Tennessee Titans' full 17-week schedule. So let's dive into that now. And week one, we already have a highlight to pay attention to, and that is the Titans' first primetime game of the season coming in week one 
at the Denver Broncos, and this will be an intriguing matchup for the Titans, of course, based on the Jarrell Casey trade, and last year, the season really changed when Ryan Tannehill finally took the quarterback position during the Denver Bronco game, even though the Titans were shut out in that game and did not score, so it'll be a very interesting rematch with the Broncos in prime time in Week 1. Then in Week 2, the Titans will open their division schedule, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week 3, the Titans will travel on the road to the Minnesota Vikings for a tough game. Then week four, the Titans will host the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then they will host the Buffalo Bills in week five, and then capping off a stretch of three straight home games, they will play the Houston Texans at home in week six. Week seven will be the Tennessee Titans bye. I personally prefer the bye to be a little bit later in the season so that the guys can get fresher and get healthier for the home stretch, but early on after three home games, the Titans should be well rested for the back half of their schedule and they will kick off the rest of the schedule after the bye week in week eight traveling to Cincinnati to face Joe Burrow and the Bengals week nine they will be home for the Chicago Bears week 10 another primetime game for the Tennessee Titans when they will host division rival the Indianapolis Colts so the Titans will have a primetime game in Nashville on Thursday night football in week 10 then week 11. Another big matchup. The Titans will return to Baltimore to face the reigning MVP Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Obviously, that'll be a very important game going down the back half of the season. Then, for the second time in three weeks, the Titans will face the Indianapolis Colts in Week 12 at Indianapolis in the Lucas Oil Dome. Then week 13, the Titans are back home against the Cleveland Browns. Another rematch from last year, hoping for a similar result. Then week 14, the Titans are at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week 15, a little bit of a to-be-determined situation here. The Titans will face the Detroit Lions at home in week 15, but whether that game will be on December 19th or December 20th is still up in the air in the NFL. We'll decide that at a later date. Then we have a monstrous matchup. The Titans will travel to Green Bay, Wisconsin in week 16 on Sunday night football to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Both of those teams got to a similar place in the NFL playoffs last year, both losing in the conference championship. There's the obvious connection between Matt LaFleur and the Titans organization from his one season as offensive coordinator. That will be a hotly contested game. Both teams should be in the thick of the playoff race. So that'll be a very interesting game to pay attention to. And the Titans, three primetime games on this schedule. So nice to see the NFL acknowledge how exciting of a team that the Titans are becoming, and I do believe they want to get Derrick Henry on television. He is a lightning rod for casual fans, as he is very, very exciting to watch play football as the Titans faithful do know. And then the Titans will finish their season in Week 17 with a division rival, of course, and it'll be at the Houston Texans, just like 2019 ended. So, of course, the Titans will have to go through Deshaun Watson, most likely to 
secure their playoff seeding or secure a playoff berth. Either way, a very tough matchup lies ahead at the end of the season in Houston against the Texans. So that is the Titans' schedule in totality. Now that we know the entire slate of games, the entire 17-week season and how things shake out, let's take a microscope to the schedule in our next segment. Take a look at some really hot matchups, some exciting matchups that I see in here, and some stretches of the season that are going to be a little bit more important to the Titans than others or that they need to take care of and handle their business in if they do really want to have a shot to make the playoffs again and take this to the next level. So I am going to tell you why it is imperative that the Titans get off to a hot start when we talk about the schedule in more detail next. I've been telling you guys all week about Built Bar, the fantastic protein health bars that I've been eating throughout the week, not only as a protein bar to get me started in the morning or give me some energy before a workout, but also, I can't lie, I've kind of just been eating them as a snack, like a candy bar here and there based on the amazing flavor, and right now, I've really enjoyed the, the peanut butter flavor, the peanut butter brownie, also have been enjoying the salted caramel as well, there's an orange chocolate flavor that I really enjoy, but let's talk about the taste here. It's a protein bar, of course, but it does kind of taste like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate and nut flavors, eight chocolate and nut-free flavors for you guys with allergies. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and you can tell when you eat it, this isn't like the processed chocolate that you're used to in your typical candy bar. This is real chocolate with a full-bodied taste. It's fantastic. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They have a really soft filling. They're not crumbly and dry like all these other granola bars or protein bars and if you give me a moment it's not just the taste it's the they're healthy for you as well it's 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 not sacrificing the the health aspects for the taste. It's great for health conscious guys or girls. It can help you lose weight but maintain weight too because you can eat something healthy and it does feel like you're indulging on kind of like a delicious treat of some sort. The bars are low calorie. They're low sugar. They're high protein. They're high fiber. And let me give you two different examples here. So if you're getting ready to go pound down an awesome gym session, hopefully at home, maybe in a, in a park in the woods or something like that right now with gyms the way they are and you need some extra calories to burn there go after the peanut butter brownie 20 grams of protein 170 calories only three grams of sugar only three grams of net carbs it's great to get you started in the morning get you started before a workout now they are delicious and they're tasty so if you just need a little bit of a midnight snack or dessert after dinner or lunch try a mint brownie built bar 15 grams protein 110 calories so lower on the calories since you're not about to work it off and work out four grams sugar five grams net carbs absolutely delicious so go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order so use promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com and also follow them on twitter at built underscore bar for all of the latest offers and flavors from builtbar.com
let's pull out our microscope and take a little bit of a deep dive, a closer look at some of these matchups and the schedule in general. So we are going to start with week one, and I talked a little bit about it at the beginning of our show. The game against the Broncos at Denver, Monday night football, opening weekend one. Absolutely fantastic to see the Titans get such an early primetime game. I mean, so many people watch that first Monday night football doubleheader. The entire NFL world is so ready for football that that's one of the more highly watched, you know, tandems of games throughout the year. So for them to put the Titans in that slot means that they trust the Titans will give the public a good game, but also acknowledging that the Titans are a bit of an interesting and exciting team. And for the NFL to come out and acknowledge that, I mean, they've done that with the three primetime games already and where they decided to give the Titans those primetime games. But giving them, uh, you know, that first uh, or the second part of the Monday night doubleheader early on is fantastic. But let's talk about the game itself. There's obviously, like I mentioned, the Darrell Casey trade in there. Titans fans will obviously have their eye on this one and a little bit more heightened importance. But also with everything that took place in the Broncos game last year and what that meant for the Titans you know, season going forward after that. But here's one thing where I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... Denver is a miserable place to play to open up the season. They're like 19 and 1 in their last 20 home September games. They're like 48 9 and 1 uh, over the stretch of that many games at home in September. Something about the altitude in Denver and being early on in the season when guys aren't fully in shape yet, it just takes it out of team. So Denver's a really Tough place to play to start the season. But to counter that, to be, you know, on the bright side of things, Denver has a very young team. Drew Locke at quarterback. They just got KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy at wide receiver. Noah Fant at tight end. They have a young team on offense. And with the limited and shortened possibly offseason for NFL teams, that could benefit the Titans because they have all that continuity, at least on offense and mostly on defense. So hopefully the altitude in Denver is canceled out by the inexperience of the Broncos, but the Titans should still win that game, but a little bit more difficult of a matchup than it may seem on its face. Then what I think is most interesting about the next set of games, I think at Minnesota in week three will definitely be a challenging game, but Look at the Titans' first six weeks of the season. At the Broncos, that's the longest trip that the Titans are going to make all year. That's the longest like plane ride, longest traveling, most miles. That's as far as the Titans are going to go all year, and they get it out of the way in week one. But then they come back, and three or four out of their next five weeks are home games. At home for the Jags, at home for the Steelers, at home for the Bills, at home for the Texans. Now, only at Minnesota in the next you know, four weeks is an away game. So one out of five games there in in that stretch is an away game. The Titans have to win those games. Uh, I'll I'll talk at the end of our segment, kind of a, a larger viewpoint of the schedule, but just look at all those home games. The Titans don't leave Nashville, but for one week out of 
six weeks in a row because the bye week comes at week seven, which as I mentioned in the first segment, I'd rather that bye week be week 10, week 11, like it was last year, week 12 later in the season when there's been more of a damage done and the the rest that the guys need is maybe a little bit elevated in importance, but uh, not, not a bad spot for the bye week. I'd hate to have it any earlier, that's for sure. The Titans come back and that's when the schedule, the teams... Don't necessarily get harder, but one thing that we have to point out is, like I said, the Titans have all those home games at the beginning. Home against the Jags, home against the Texans. So two division home games knocked out in the first six weeks as well. Look at the back half of this schedule. At Bengals, home versus the Bears. Okay, that's that's not too bad. The Titans should beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. The Titans should beat the Bears at home. But look from week 10 to week 17. Home versus the Colts, Thursday night football. That's a short week. Now the Titans are coming from a home game at the Bear, against the Bears, home game against the Bears, into a home game on Thursday night against the Colts. I guess that's not a terrible situation for the Titans to be in. They get to at least come from a home game to a home Thursday night game. Won't be a lot of traveling, and that should help with having to play the Thursday night game, which is, you know, a shortened practice week. But the Colts are going to be a tough opponent. They always are. Even if they're not that good, the Titans play them like they're a good team. The Titans play to the level of their competition anytime they play the Colts. So that's a Thursday night football game. What I do like is the very next game is at the Baltimore Ravens. And if the Titans are going to get a secondary bye week there, I mean, playing on Thursday night in week 10 and then having 10 days to get ready to play at Baltimore on Sunday in week 11, that's a, that's a really nice uh, part of the schedule. It's really nice that the schedule fell that way for the Titans. They can get some extra preparation heading into a big game against the Ravens. But let me just go through these last, you know, seven games here. Colts, Ravens, Colts, Browns, at Jags, Lions, at Packers, at Texans. So although the Lions and the Jags and the Bears and the Bengals are in there for the back half of the season, that's a lot of road games to finish the year. The Titans are going to be on the road nonstop at the end of the year. Like I said, starting from week 10, home versus the Colts, at Ravens, at Colts, home for Browns, at Jags, home for Lions, at Packers, Sunday night football, at Texans. So the back half of the Titans season, is a lot of road games and a lot of division games and then some good teams like the Ravens, the Browns, and the Packers. That's a tough end to the season, but what I do love is, and we'll get back to the primetime games, the Colts on Thursday night football, that's great in Nashville, leading into 10 days rest before the Titans go to Baltimore and play the Ravens. Excellent game. Can't wait for that Ravens rematch. And then the Titans will play the Packers in Green Bay on Sunday night football. And of course, you have the Matt LaFleur connection there. I, I think that that does matter. I, I think that Mike Vrabel doesn't like Matt LaFleur. I know that that is just me, um, you know, throwing something out there. But just based on all the little rumors and stories you hear about the 2019 or 2018 season, I don't think those two like each other. I think Vrabel is going to want to beat Matt LaFleur on his home turf, especially in a big primetime game in Week 16. I mean, the Titans' season and playoffs could be on the line, and that's a 
big primetime game. The NFL giving the Titans a prime Sunday night football game against a historic brand like the Green Bay Packers. That says that the NFL trusts the Titans to be competitive, trusting them that that game will mean something, and saying that the Titans can match the Packers on a big stage and deliver in what should be one of the most competitive weeks and one of the most high-profile weeks of the NFL season. So I'm so jazzed up. As I mentioned in Thursday's show, I have a lot of Packer fans in my family and friends group, and I cannot wait for that game. And then, of course, the Titans have to finish out the season going against Deshaun Watson in Houston. they got to make it as tough as possible. The Titans had enough struggles at the beginning of the game when they were facing Houston's JV team. So definitely worried about that. Hopefully the Titans have things a little bit more secure than uh, they did last year or the last few seasons at least. Because the hope here is that the Titans will win the division and have a home playoff game. That's the next step in this progression that they are on. So that has to be the goal for this season. But what I want to talk about my overarching point that I've been hinting at throughout the entire episode. Looking at the Titans opening to the season, at Broncos, home for Jags, at Vikings, home for Steelers, home for Bills, home for Texans, bye week, at Bengals, home for the Bears. Those games right there, first eight games of the season. The Titans have to find a way to come out six and two. I mean, they have to. Uh, You look at the back half of the season, Colts Thursday night football, at Ravens, at Colts, home for Browns, at Jags, at Packers, home for Lions, at Texans. A lot of road games and some tough games there. Colts, Ravens, Colts, three weeks. If the Titans don't have a good enough record going into that, they're going to be in a tough spot. I know that we're all excited for the season, but the Titans are going to lose games, folks. I, I don't think that they're going to go 12-4, and 13-3, and 3, um, you know, 14 and 2. I just don't see that based on this schedule. The Titans are going to go 11 and 5 at best. And, you know, there's always potential that things go off the tracks. I could see them going 6 and 10 at worst. So anywhere from 6 and 10 to 11 and 5, I think 10 and 6 is most likely. And if they're going to go 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 9 and 7, be right around there, which we know, we know that they will. We know that that's where they'll be. They have to take advantage of the beginning of that of that stretch. I mean, Titans need to win that Broncos game week one. They can't lose to Drew Locke. All the continuity that they brought back from last year, there can be no excuse to, to lose to an inexperienced team like the Broncos there, even if it's on the road in a primetime game. The Titans have to win their home game against the Jags. We all know that. The Jaguars are not supposed to be a good team. Even if they are, it's a division opponent. The Titans have to win their home division games. At the Vikings, that's tough. That could be a loss. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans lost that game. Minnesota's a good team. They're like the Titans in the NFC. They're always competitive. They're always competitive, and they have a, a guy like Kirk Cousins who plays good sometimes but has his own baggage. They have a uh, outside zone run scheme. They have a good, reliable defense. I mean, Minnesota's going to be a tough matchup on the road in Week 3. Titans could lose that game. Steelers, Bills at home have to win those games. You have to win those games. Home versus the Texans have to find a way to win that game. You have to find a way to beat the Texans on your home turf. It just has to be done. It just has to be the case. The bye week at the Bengals cannot lose to the Bengals, who just had the number one overall pick. Just can't. And then home for the Bears. The Bears are going to be a tough team, but I'm sorry, with Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles at quarterback, the Titans shouldn't be losing to them. So the way that I see it, you look at those games, 
I mean, the Titans have to be 7-1. and one. Maybe they lose that Broncos game. Maybe. And they're 6-2, and two, but they have to, at the minimum, be 6-2 and two going into Week 10 against the Colts. I, I mean, I, I just don't see, or I guess, 7-2 and two is what I would say. 7-2, and 8-1, and one, that's where they have to be. Yeah, Broncos, Jags, Vikings, Steelers, Bills, Texans, Bengals, Bears. That's the first nine weeks of the season with a buy-in there. The first eight games, 6-2, and 7-1 and one has to be the case because of how difficult the schedule gets after that. Home for Colts, at Ravens, at Colts, home for Browns, at Jags, home for Lions, at Packers, at Texans. I mean, that's a tough back half of the schedule, even if you have the Lions and the Jaguars in there. Every other team in there could be a playoff team and a good team this year. Colts, Ravens, Browns, Packers, Texans. Those are good football teams, and a lot of those are road games. So the Titans have to start out the season right. Either way, that is going to wrap up our deep dive of the NFL schedule. We are going to jump into our Friday mailbag next. Guys and gals, start the competition today with the people important in your mom's life. Mother's Day is her Super Bowl, so celebrate this Mother's Day by scoring her favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to travel in her mind to exotic India, sample the food, and laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in 1950s India through a new book of fiction called The Henna Artist. By the way, it's Reese Witherspoon's book club's pick for May. Then, anytime in May, post a picture of your mom and you holding the ebook or book on Instagram or Facebook and tag the author at the Alka Joshi, a donation of four meals per post up to 10,000 meals will go to Feeding America. So guys and gals, buy the henna artist today at your favorite bookseller, including Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target, and make your mom the ultimate winner in your family. fans let's wrap up this week of podcast as we always do answering your questions with a Friday mailbag and as I said at the beginning of the show make sure you are following me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans send me your questions there or feel free to put them in the Apple podcast reviews and I will check them out there as well. But let's dive in to some of these questions. And the first one that I have here is from Kieran L. That is Kieran underscore Shaker on Twitter. And he said, for the mailbag, you mentioned all these potential backups coming in, but isn't the best way for Woodside or McDonald to improve is to actually be the backup and have opportunities. The answer to that question is yes, you are right. The best way for Woodside or McDonald to actually improve is to get opportunities to play, to get on the field in preseason and potentially have some on-field action in the regular season as well. But what you have to ask yourself is this, are you willing to sacrifice the Titans' chances of winning ball games for the development of Woodside or McDonald? And I'm not. I'm not willing to do so. So in my mind, you keep one of them 
you develop them throughout the preseason and in practice, running show team, things like that, and you get a competent backup who the season won't go under if they have to play. So that, that that's how I view that. But you are right. Uh, you're sacrificing their development by doing that, but you would be sacrificing their development in the sake of for the sake of wins. And I think that at this moment in time with where the Titans are is much more important. Next question comes from Jorge Espinoza on Twitter. He said, who has the most sacks next year, Vic Beasley or Harold Landry? And I'm going to go with Harold Landry on this one, nine and a half last year. I think Vic Beasley will have a good season, but I think he'll be a part of a rotation. And Harold Landry is going to be in that rotation as well, but Harold Landry should get 80 to 85% of the snaps in that rotation. He's going to be the number one member of the edge rush rotation. So I think just by nature of snaps, but also talent, I'm going to go with Harold Landry on that one. Next question from my guy Rex Green at BamaTitan60 on Twitter says, uh, would you be satisfied giving Clowney our last $15 million in cap space and play with the five wide receivers, two no experience backup QBs, and then have no money left over? Well, one, the Titans are going to have a little bit of money left over. Robinson will keep two to three million dollars just in case there's injuries and he's got to add to the roster throughout the season. You got to have that as a little bit of a buffer. But yeah, yeah, at this point, I, I don't think that the Titans are going to bring in an experienced quarterback. I think they're going to ride with Woodside and McDonald. Um, I think that they feel comfortable with Khalif Raymond, Cam Batson at wide receiver. And yeah, at this point, I think the impact that Clowney would have on this team, a one-year $15 million deal. I think the Titans have to do that and prioritize that over pretty much everything else. Next question here comes from Odioso Baboso on Twitter. Nice name there. Um, what is the coaching staff contract situation? I'm trying to forecast if, for example, Fulton will have Rabel as DC and Midget as DB coach in 2020, but maybe a new DC and position coach in 2021. Well, I will tell you that Mike Vrabel signed a five-year contract in 2018, so that would be the 2018 season, 2019 season. This would be his third season of his contract, and then two more after that. With the way things are going right now, I wouldn't worry about the coaching contract situation. It seems like Robinson and Vrabel have a fantastic pairing. They work together very well, and I personally think Mike Vrabel is a damn good coach. I know that we all know he has his in-game decision-making flaws. That's a fact. He makes some weird decisions from time to time during the actual game. But but I think what he brings to the table is valuable, and he seems to be universally respected around the league by other players and coaches. A lot of players have called him the smartest football mind they've ever been around, like Jadavian Clowney. Um, players that he played with during his playing career have said that about him. So I, I think Vrabel is a real one. I think he's a special coach, and I think the Titans would, would be smart to keep him around. But technically his contract is this season coming up and then two more after that. Then we have a question from Ryan Townsley. says, what are you thinking on Clowney, my dude? Who and when do you think? Uh, I thought he was a lock after the draft, but each day I get a little more anxious. I do as well I, in terms of my anxiety. I, I am getting quite anxious about the clowning news. Um, it does make me nervous. I can't lie. I'm emotionally invested in clowning coming to the Titans. So right now we're all in the dark. Um, the Browns, the Colts, 
the Seahawks, of course, even though every step they take makes it seem like they're not in on him. But ultimately, I do think he ends up in Tennessee based on the amount of money that we give him, no state taxes, and his relationship with Mike Vrabel. Then we have another question here from TPEC at TPEC underscore 15 on Twitter. He said, with all Titans media hyping up getting clowny, should I be worried the mainstream NFL media is saying hardly anything about the Titans chase for him? And no, because... Uh, we're used to this. The national media doesn't necessarily cover the Titans. It's not going to sell viewers to say, and next we talk about Jadavian Clowney to the Titans. That's not going to get people's eyeballs to the TV screen. That's not going to get advertising money. It's just a reality of the business. So I wouldn't be worried about that. But what I would tell you is um, Jenna Lane, I believe is her name. She's an ESPN reporter, does a lot of work in Seattle, has had a lot of information about this clowning situation. She went on a Seattle ESPN radio station not too long ago and said she thinks he will sign in Tennessee. And she's technically a national media person working for ESPN. So I understand the concern and the anxiety and I feel it too, but I do think Clowney ends up on the Titans at the end of the day. Next, uh, a a non-football question. And you guys know I love the non-football question. Let's talk about food, music, movies, TV, pop culture, anything you guys want to talk about. It doesn't just have to be football. It doesn't just have to be the Titans. Mike Will, uh, that is uh, at M-I-K-O, Myko Yatron87 on Twitter said, what's my favorite Drake cut? That's the real question I want to be on the mailbag. So I think I've said this on the podcast before. If you follow my my Twitter feed at Tic Tac Titans at all, you probably know I am a, a Drake stan. Uh, he's right in my wheelhouse, came around right at the end of high school for me, and uh, it's a perfect combination of hip-hop lyricism with soulful R&B and emotion and the music. It, it's just a perfect combination of everything I want. I love Drake. He's the GOAT. Don't at me. <laughs> I can say that for real now. But um, in terms of song, there's just no way I'm going to be able to give you one song that's my favorite. I will tell you that my favorite albums uh, that he has dropped, obviously Take Care, his second album, is is a classic. Uh, it's widely considered his best album. Not my favorite album, but an absolute classic album. One of the best rap albums of all time, in my opinion. Nothing was the same followed that up just absolutely incredible some of the songs on there underground kings will forever if i'm sleeping i'll wake up out of a dead sleep ready to mosh on on underground kings i absolutely love that song but nothing was the same was great uh views absolutely fantastic what a time to be alive and then scorpion scorpion is drake's mona lisa if you don't know it's a double-sided album 25 songs half hip-hop half r&b like i said the combination of emotional r&b uh soulful r&b with uh, you know the hardcore hip-hop and the lyricism and the storytelling uh all of that combined together in a package makes Drake my favorite music musical artist of my life and uh, it is showcased perfectly on Scorpion with a double-sided platinum album so absolutely fantastic fun I love Drake Drake's the goat like I said don't at me I don't care what you got to say he's the goat at least of our time uh, the next question I have here another non-football question so I appreciate those it is Josh Murbitz on Twitter at Josh Murbitz He said, you play video games? What have you been playing over the quarantine? Yes, I love video games. Probably too much. 
if I'm honest with you. I should probably spend less time playing video games, but I love sports games. I've always loved sports games. I got a dynasty with the Titans with updated rosters right now on PlayStation 4, playing with Darrington Evans and Isaiah Wilson and Christian Fulton and Jadavian Clowney. I had to put him on the team, of course. But yeah, I love Madden. I really love 2K. I'm, I, I do my player on 2K, my career. Uh, love basketball. That's NBA 2K. Love 2K. Uh, love FIFA. Really enjoy FIFA. I get MLB the show, but usually I don't do that until halfway through the summer when I'm really fiending for some baseball, and then I'll play the show. But I also dabble in uh, different Battle Royale games. Uh, obviously, when the Fortnite craze hit a couple years ago, that got me into Battle Royale, but I really enjoy Apex Legends, which is an EA Sports, type, well, EA Electronic Arts title with Respawn. Um, play a little bit of Call of Duty because all of my friends do. Uh, but I'm not a huge fan of Warzone. I was never super into Call of Duty. I didn't play a lot of shooter games growing up, so I wasn't super into Call of Duty in this new one. Um, it's just kind of slow-paced for me. So Apex Legends, uh, different sports games, and I finished it last year, uh, but I've been playing it a little bit more recently, and that is Star Wars, uh, Fallen Order, and then Spider-Man. All good games. So I like to mix it up a little bit there. Uh, very excited for the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla video game. If you don't like video games or you don't follow video games, I'm telling you, just YouTube Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The four-minute trailer that they put out for that game is movie quality, and I would sit for two hours and watch a movie in that style with that animation if they made it. It's just a breathtaking trailer. I love art, different kinds of, I see art in everything. I like commercials on TV. I'm strange that way. I enjoy commercials. It is an art form to me. People get paid big, big money to have creative and funny and clever commercials. And while most commercials do just suck and they're just, you know, pawning off their product on you, some commercials, you can just tell they're really well made. They're really funny. They're really clever. And to me, that's, that's art. So even if I'm, you know, not into something and I watch a trailer for a movie or a trailer for a video game or a TV show, I just, it's art to me. It's an art form. And uh, yeah, I would just encourage people to check that out. But that's kind of my video game taste. And, um, you know, I've been playing video games since I was, I don't know, four or five years old. Uh, I remember just gaming out all day on PlayStation 1, Crash Bandicoot and stuff back in the day. So I love video games too much. It's a little bit of an addiction for me. I probably need to uh, slow down. But, you know, between watching tape, playing video games, working, doing the podcast, I like to stay busy. But I appreciate all the questions from the mailbag. Uh, I went back. I archived all the questions. So hopefully I didn't miss any. Go ahead and start getting those questions in for next week at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. Make sure you're following the show and you are subscribed to the Locked on Titans podcast. Making sure you're getting all the content throughout the rest of the offseason. So we covered the schedule. We deep dive into each matchup and, and what the schedule is looking like for the Titans. Did our Friday mailbag. And now it is time for me to let you guys head off into your weekend. Now that you are done with this edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, check out the Locked On NFL podcast where they talk about more of a national perspective on the schedule release from Thursday night, but it should be a very good Locked On NFL show coming up. Once again, shout out to Built Bar, $10 off your first box 
at BuiltBar.com using promo code Locked On. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titan.